0: looking for a hot mess mom okay so this is hot mess mom call me back hey y'all you're listening to tales of a hot mess mom the podcast where we get into a whole lot of hot mess mom shit i'm your host Step In. so y'all i just had a birthday i just turned 34 oh my god fuck Saying that out loud made me realize that I'm officially in my mid-30s. Ugh, I don't like the way that sounds, but whatever. So this year, my birthday was way quieter than last year or other years. Last year was my first single birthday, and I started celebrating from Valentine's Day. I had just started dating people. I got taken out and showered with flowers and jewelry and a nice romantic dinner. I was really excited to start this journey into new experiences and just like a whole revamp of my life. So last year on my actual birth date, my friends and I, we went to this brunch spot out here in Harlem and it was term. There was a lot of grinding and twerking up on beautiful strangers I was getting numbers and lap dances, and it was supposed to be, um, what do you call it, a bottomless mimosa situation, but at some point, the waiter, whose number I also ended up with, by the way, he just started giving us bottles of straight champagne, so I ended up getting day wasted, and I woke up in my apartment at midnight alone with pajamas on, and. I don't really wear pajamas or much clothing to bed or at home, period, because, you know, viva la revolución sin pantalones. And yeah, I'm sure as fuck I wasn't putting on clothes and doing all that when I'm drunk. So shout out to my friends for taking care of me and, you know, putting me to bed. It was a wild, wild day, evening, and... Even though I ended up sick as fuck afterwards, it was one of the most amazing birthdays ever. And I felt great about the year ahead. You couldn't tell me I wasn't going to have a popping-ass job or that I wasn't going to move forward with projects I had started or that 2020 wasn't about to be my year. You couldn't tell me nothing. But within a month from my birthday, we would find ourselves in quarantine and having Zoom parties and doing TikTok challenges to pass the time. So that was in March when we first went into quarantine slash lockdown, whatever you want to call it. And two months into it, I hadn't even left my apartment building. I was having all my groceries delivered. The only time I left my apartment was to drop off garbage downstairs or pick up the mail. I was really trying to take all the precautions not to get sick. So yeah, two months into it, I would find myself unable to breathe, fighting for my life and being told that I was going to be put on a ventilator and that maybe I should send a video to my son, you know, just in case because There was a 50% chance that I wasn't going to wake up from the induced coma they were about to put me under. But I did wake up. And unfortunately, the shit show didn't end there. As if the situation wasn't fucked up enough, while I was in the hospital and in the ICU, I suffered through abuse and neglect. And that's been a lot to deal with. So. I would lost the ability to walk, and I didn't have enough strength in my hands or my arms to even hold my phone or send a text after I woke up from being on a ventilator. And I couldn't have any visitors, so for the most part, I was alone, and I just had to kind of send my mind somewhere else to deal. I was at their mercy, I guess. Um, the only time I felt safe was at night. Because my nickname would show up. And he was this guy from Houston, Texas that came to New York when we were getting hit really hard in the beginning. And he didn't just take care of, you know, my broken body. He would actually come in and hold my hand. And he prayed for me while I was having panic attacks. While other nurses would stand outside of my bubble and just shout, you need to calm down in response to me screaming uncontrollably because, one, I already suffer from anxiety, but one of the symptoms of COVID is really bad anxiety as well. I would be sitting there screaming, and I couldn't really control it. It was just a response that my body felt that needed to get out. And yeah, other nurses, just that was their way of dealing with it. Thankfully, there was him he would come in and try to calm me down, hold my hand like I said, and pray and y'all know I'm not religious, but that shit really it really meant a lot to me. He actually picked up on some of the things that were going on and he advocated for me. He reported it, and he even went off on a doctor for me. He actually pulled out my feeding tube to offer me a bit of comfort because. It had been days since their first and last attempt to feed me, and that went terribly because even though it's in my medical records that I'm lactose intolerant, they pushed a milk-based liquid meal or whatever you want to call it through my feeding tube, and that went terribly. And I guess finding an alternative was too much trouble, or I don't even know what was going on over there. I'm not sure I would have made it out of the ICU as soon as I did without him. If I ever see him again, meet him, I, I have to give him like the biggest hug. I actually, in my delirium, I-, I asked him on a date and he wasn't sure if I was serious, but I didn't even know if I was serious. I was just, mm. oh Lord, I don't know why I do this. Every single time I end up in the hospital, I end up hitting on somebody or asking them out on a date. Who does that? Me, but whatever. So yeah, David Hernandez, the nurse from Houston, Texas, if you're out there, you my nigga. You, you really held me down. The rest of my time there was pretty quiet in comparison to the time in the ICU. I ended up making friends with my loud order roommate and my respiratory specialist, who was from Utah. And he would come by my room whenever he had a free chance. And he would just chat with me and show me pictures of Utah. And I would show him pics of Mexico. And we made this whole deal where we're going to show each other around where we're from. And, you know, I've actually got to shoot him a text. I don't think he's going to be too happy to hear that my lungs ended me back in the hospital in November. But, you know, that's the way this virus seems to be. You never know. How that shit's going to come around and fuck your whole shit up again. As of right now, the amount of oxygen that actually makes it into my bloodstream isn't optimal. But the doctors believe that I just need time to heal. My hair fell out for a bit, but it stopped. And I'm trying really hard not to be anemic. That's one of the things I've been dealing with off and on again since the whole ordeal. And like I said, when I was in the hospital in November... It, it just came back with a vengeance and I haven't been able to get my iron levels regulated. But I'm trying. So people are constantly giving me vitamins and shit and natural supplements trying to help me out, which I really appreciate. And as far as what other he- healing I've done. ooh, I know. I gained back my jiggles and I gained some extra quarantine weight because after pretty much being starved, I be eating y'all and I be eating good. So that whole ordeal fucked me up in more ways than I care to admit. But on another hand, it had a real funny way of filtering out people in my life or just filtering them in general. I ended up letting go of a very toxic situationship literally from the hospital bed it became clear to me that this is not somebody I needed in my life and I became closer to people who I didn't even know thought of me and I talk to some of these people now every single day and my rider dies they continue to show me that the love is real. They held me down. They held my son down. They held my mom down. My mom ended up actually learning how to text message because of this whole thing. So that's a plus because y'all know my mama. She is stubborn. I want to say she just got a cell phone. Um, so Maybe in the last 10 years. Yeah, my mom is not. Interested in technology or anything of that matter. But she did end up learning how to text because all my friends were hitting her up. And some of my friends actually had more access to the hospital because I made it that way. I knew she would be a little stressed out. And I felt like it was better to have them filter certain information to her. But yeah, my mom learned how to text, y'all. So. Like I was saying, I really appreciated how people held me down and showed up for me. And I'm not really surprised about who showed up. Who didn't show up, that was the more surprising part. But you know what? Thank you for showing me. That's who you are. And I know everybody was dealing with a lot of shit. So I'm not judging people because I know some of y'all were out here dealing with similar situations. And job loss and trying to figure out how to do this remote learning crap, which, by the way, shout out to my mama for holding that down while I was in the hospital. And again, she doesn't do technology. So big round of applause for her on that one. So in the months following my first hospitalization, I would end up losing a friend and two of my uncles in Mexico to the virus. One of them being my mom's baby brother, who was more like a big brother to me. I haven't been able to be at home with my family and friends in Mexico or to grieve, really, because of my delicate health. And truthfully, I wouldn't want to travel and risk exposing any of my family or the people in my small town. Or traveling and getting sick again and not being able to access the same type of health care I would be able to access here in the states. I was recently reading this article. This guy was writing about how he's in college and he had a really tough decision to make about coming home for Thanksgiving break because he didn't want to infect his family and he ended up doing what everybody thinks is the proper thing to do in order to travel, which is get tested right before you go you know stay quarantined before so your exposure is limited but then he mentioned that once he got on the plane to go home he felt really uncomfortable and just what he described I don't think my anxiety is set up for that he 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 said that people weren't really distanced he was sitting right next to A father and a child, people kept on taking off their masks because you're eating and drinking, stuff that they bought in the airport right before the flight. And he ended up going home. Everybody was fine for a while. But then within a couple of days, his whole family ended up sick, including his dad. And his dad ended up getting it really bad and being in the hospital and being really sick for about two months, I believe. So, yeah. My soul is not set up for that type of guilt or anxiety. This whole fucking thing has been traumatic enough. I'm going to sit my black ass down until I could get a vaccination and things are looking a lot better. I miss my family desperately and I know I need some closure, but yeah, it's not worth the risk right now. So back to, you know, my birthday and whatnot. Here we are, 34, my first birthday in the age of Corona. My first birthday since being on a ventilator and thinking I wouldn't see another birthday. My first birthday without my loved ones who were taken from me by the virus. And it's actually my first birthday where my best friend, who most people know as my brother, well, him and I, we couldn't celebrate together. And we've been celebrating our birthdays together pretty much since we were three years old. I think the only time we didn't celebrate together was a year or two during our college years because he went away. But we always ended up making up for it. And it's been an entire year since I've seen my brothers or hugged my other mom and dad or most of my friends. I haven't seen any of them. Y'all, like I said on the last episode, my main love language is touch. So I'm actually known for jumping into bed and cuddling with my friends. So this is a lot. And FaceTime and Zoom parties, it's not cutting it. It truthfully isn't. I'm used to celebrating my birthday through the entire month a few intimate dinners and lunches with friends, some larger gatherings with my clatchets, a solo spa date and lunch dates. This shit was was none of that. What I did do was I treated myself to a facial and I actually went and did some in-store shopping, which gave me a lot of anxiety, but it had to be done. I got to start getting used to being out there in the world and being used to taking precautions. So my best friend, you know, she's a nail tech. She came over and did my nails. I ordered food a couple times. Good food, of course. And I ended up on my actual birthday. I did my makeup. I got cute. And I did a little self-portrait birthday shoot. So those are the pictures I ended up posting on social media because I figured I have to celebrate myself somehow, right? The highlight of my birthday was actually my son getting someone to help him give him get me a gift and him really 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 wanting to make my day special. He was like up everybody's ass. He was not pleased with my birthday dinner because he felt like it was some regular shit and he wanted me to have a special dinner. He wanted me to have a special breakfast. He told my mom to get me flowers. This little boy was on one, but he also told my mom that he wanted things to be special for me because he felt like I was sad. And he wasn't wrong. That was the highlight of my birthday. I saw that my little man really cares about me and really would do a lot to try to make his mama happy, and that feels really good. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about turning 34. Maybe I'll just have to celebrate my birthday when it gets warmer and we could do a little bit more of a safe celebration outside or do some outdoor dining because honestly, something ain't sitting right with me. I don't even feel like I had a birthday. And it's not just because I need some big celebration. It's just everything feels wrong. None of this feels right. I keep on basically saying, well, things should be better by this time. So I'll do this. I thought things were going to be better and that my health would be better by the summer. That ain't happened. Then I was saying, all right, For Christmas or even Day of the Dead, I thought I would be able to travel to Mexico and be with my family and maybe even just stay there until shit gets sorted out. But clearly I'm still here. And I guess I've gotten to the point where I'm not even saying, well, maybe by this time, because every time I put up one of those, I guess, goals, COVID knocks them down. So I really feel like I don't even have goals for this year or expectations because I don't know what the fuck to expect. Is my health going to stay somewhat normal? Am I going to be able to get the oxygen into my bloodstream and stop losing my breath? Or am I going to lose more people? Are things going to be more controlled? Because... They're talking about opening up clubs in different places and expanding indoor dining. And while I miss all that shit too, I'm really worried about what the consequences may be because I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired. Like I see people traveling to Mexico, going to have their girls vacation and this, that, and third and Honestly, it bothers me a bit. All I want to do is go see my family. I don't care nothing about twerking. What Okay, that's a lie. We know I do care about twerking, but what I'm saying is I want to travel to see my family and be with them and hug them and grieve. I am not trying to travel just because I need a break. I would love nothing more. For everybody to be able to go back to the way life is. But yeah, who knows when that's going to happen. Trying to think. What did I learn this year aside from who really holds me down? I learned that you just got to do what the fuck you want to do. Whatever makes you happy. Be whoever that person is because you really never know when that shit's going to come to an end or what's going to happen. So I guess I learned that I got to live. And right now it's kind of hard getting the living on. And that's the frustrating part. That's what it is. I learned that I need to live unapologetically. But right now I can't. I'm being restrained and it's fucked up. So like I said, maybe since the vaccine is out, things are going to get better. We'll all be able to start carrying on with life a little bit more back to normal. I'll get back to my family. I'll get back to doing ratchet things with my friends. But until then, I really don't know. But that's the show, y'all. Thanks for listening to another episode of Tales of a Hot Mess Mom. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your messy ass friends. And make sure to follow Tales of a Hot Mess Mom on Instagram and Hot Mess Mom Tales on Twitter to stay posted and get your extra serving of messiness. You can also email me at talesofahotmessmom@gmail.com at gmail.com to share your own Hot Mess Mom tales, thoughts, and suggestions. And As always, don't forget to be your best mess.